welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Vidal. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, and welcome back for this week's Brain Coach Tip. I'm Jan Bedell, otherwise known as the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. I'm privileged to be here to share the revelation God has given me. Over the past 20 plus years, I have walked with many different families on their journey to help their children be all that they were designed to be. I assume that's why you're here as well, so welcome. Hey, can you do me a favor and share the link to this podcast with other people that you know? Many people have told me that it was really a God thing that made them aware of the help we offer at Little Giant Steps. You might be just the link God wants to use so another family can get the help they've been praying for. We both thank you in advance. Today we're going to talk about how God has made each one of us different. We have a different way of being smart, different types of ways of being smart. To make the world go round, he knew that he had to give each one of us different intelligences. As a former homeschooler, I kind of understand about the academic pressure or the success of your children. As homeschoolers, we often judge ourselves by the academic achievement of our children, but we are called to raise a child in the way they should go. And not all of them are designed to be scholars in every academic discipline. In fact, that would be very rare. It's good to have general knowledge in all of the areas, but we don't have to be experts or have accelerated function in all of those areas. God made us different, and it would be very boring, and many of the needs that we have here on earth would go unmet if we were all the same. Today, let's look at the different ways we could be intelligent. Dr. Howard Gardner did a lot of study about different kinds of intelligence, and he identified a few of those. I just want to go over a few of them now. One is kinesthetic intelligence. This is the capacity to manipulate objects and use a variety of physical skills. This intelligence also involves a sense of timing and the perfection of skills through mind-body union. Athletes, dancers, surgeons, and craftspeople exhibit well-developed bodily kinesthetic intelligence. Some people call them tactile learners. Oh, I forgot to tell you, don't worry about having to take notes during this because there's a handout online at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Just click on Brain Coach Tips and you can see that handout with the title, God Made Us Different. Another intelligence that Dr. Gardner specified was spatial intelligence. This is the ability to comprehend three-dimensional images and shapes. This is a primary function of the right side of the brain and is used 
when solving puzzles, figuring out maps, and taking part in any type of construction or engineering project. As we go through these intelligences, you may be identifying people that you know. My husband, for instance, is very good at puzzles, and it's interesting to watch as we do a jigsaw puzzle together. He's always the one that can find the piece that's missing, and it may be right in front of my face. We are definitely different in that intelligence. Some people have musical intelligence. This is the capacity to discern pitch, rhythm, timbre, and tone. This intelligence enables us to recognize, create, produce, and reflect on music, as demonstrated by composers, conductors, musicians, vocalists, and sensitive listeners. There are also those that are logical and mathematical. They are skilled at deductive reasoning, detecting patterns, and logical thinking. People with logical mathematical intelligence are good at scientific investigation and identifying relationships between different things. They are also good at understanding complex and abstract ideas. I think we all possess a little bit of these different intelligences, but some to much more of an extent than others. As I've probably told you before, I live in a multi-generational household. My grandchildren and my daughter and son-in-law were all together in one home, which makes it so fabulous for me to be able to watch the development of our grandchildren. One thing I've noticed about my five-year-old granddaughter, Kinsey, is that she can detect patterns very easily, sequential patterns, and we did a hundred chart the other day where she had the individual numbers one to a hundred, and we started putting them ten across, ten across, and then she, just out of the blue, said, look, I see a pattern. She even named it as a pattern when she saw all the ones going in one row and all the twos going in one row. It was interesting to watch. There's also a linguistic intelligence. This deals with individuals' ability to understand both spoken and written language, as well as their ability to speak and write themselves. As I think about this intelligence, I think about my grandson Carter, He's going to be three in just a couple of months. But it's basically like he was just talking from the womb. And very early on, he would start narrating everything he does. So he would copy what we say, and then he would narrate and say, Now I'm closing the door, and I'm putting the truck next to me on this side. And just on and on, with excellent syntax at two years old. Now I know adults that don't always use the correct syntax. It's just a knack for him. And I'm sure that God's going to use him in some way to use that linguistic intelligence. Being a neurodevelopmentalist, I'm always aware of different ways that we could help stimulate these little brains that are developing all around us. So with my grandchildren, we've made a habit of doing something called alphabet letter sound and word. It's just a little activity that we do for about 30 seconds to a minute while they're on the changing table or when we put them in the car seat or in the high chair. 
where we just go through the alphabet a few letters each time and we say the letter A and say the sound A and then say a word Apple. So we might say B, B, boy, C, C, car, and just give them a few sounds where we're face to face with them so they can see our face, they can see where our tongue and lips and mouth, the expression on our face, all of those kinds of things, just for short periods of time. We start in a different place in the alphabet all the time, so they're hearing different letters and sounds, and we're also giving them different words. When we get to B, we might say bat instead of boy. So this is just the input that they need to be able to handle sounds, articulate sounds, hear sounds correctly, and later on it's going to help them with their phonics. Now don't misunderstand, we're not trying to teach letters here. We don't give them any experience with the symbol. We're just giving them the sounds of language. These kinds of suggestions and others for tactile and visual and different ways you can stimulate the brain for young children can be found in a recording on the Little Giant Steps store. It's called The Pivotal Years 0 to 4. Here you'll find different ideas that you can use to stimulate those little brains from the time that they're born on up. You might also want to look at early learning foundations for ways to stimulate the brains of those three to five-year-olds that are in your household with neurodevelopmental activities. Now let's look at some other of the intelligences. If someone has a naturalist intelligence, they might think in patterns. They pay attention to similarities and differences so that they can remember details about variety of animals and plants that they encounter. They use their eyes and notice shapes, sizes, colors, designs, and textures in the environment. They easily and naturally think with comparison and contrast. They categorize easily and understand there is power in observing patterns. When you think about these intelligences, you can also see why someone might be a visual or a tactile or auditory learner as well as far as the preference of their learning style. But again, we said as neurodevelopmentalists you want to be good in all of these. And so it would be good to maybe experiment in trying to get some of the intelligences created in your environment for developing these other areas even if that's not a propensity for your child. But again, we need to raise them up in the way they should go. Some children have interpersonal intelligence. That's inter. So this is the ability to understand and interact effectively with others. It involves effective verbal and nonverbal communication and the ability to note distinctions among others, sensitivity to the moods and temperaments of others, and the ability to entertain multiple perspectives. So this person is more turned outward. There's also intrapersonal intelligence, which is like self-smart. And intrapersonal intelligence is the capacity to understand oneself and one's thoughts and feelings 
and to use such knowledge in planning and directioning one's life. Intrapersonal intelligence involves not only an appreciation of the self, but also of the human condition. It's evidenced in psychologists, spiritual leaders, and philosophers. These young adults may be shy, and they are aware of their own feelings and are self-motivated. Remember, you can go to the ultimatehomeschoolradio.com for the handout with the definitions of all these intelligences. For now, I want to give you a resource that really might be helpful to you. There's a book that I highly recommend. The title of it is How I Am Smart by Kathy Cook. Now, her name is spelled Kathy with a K, and then Cook is spelled K-O-C-H. This is a parent's guide to multiple intelligences. So she brings it down just a notch from Dr. Gardner and talks about being word smart, logic smart, picture smart, music smart, body smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. She's got some excellent examples of how this plays out in different people's lives and it can help you identify things in your children and help them identify strengths in themselves so that they feel good about themselves and feel intelligent in the way God made them. This kind of information is especially important when those academics are difficult for a child and they seem to form an impression of themselves that they're not smart. You can help them to see how they are smart and we can add the neurodevelopment and help their brain work better so that they get better and then they feel better about themselves overall. Some children perceive that they're not smart because they're really very smart, but they have immature or inefficient pathways in their brain. Even though we have different intelligences, our brain has specific steps it has to go through to develop and to take advantage of each of those intelligences. There's another handout that I want to encourage you to get that I'm posting at the same spot as the other one about the intelligences. And this is a handout by Ruth Young about the importance of training the brain. We talked before about organizing the brain at the different levels. And I just want to remind you and help you to understand the importance of each of these parts of the brain and how it may be affecting your children. The pons level, that's the lower level that is helped when the child is crawling on their stomach. So remember, it's a good thing to do that army crawl for a good amount of time because this pons area is responsible for perception of pain, heat, cold, hunger, threatening sounds, the fight or flight response, the self-preservation, empathy, bonding, attachment, the interpretation of social cues, cause and effect, and also moral choices. This is very, very important, especially, well, it's important for every child, but it's very important for those that have been adopted or have had some kind of trauma because this is the area that gets damaged when there is trauma. But the good news is, if we work on this area, and again, even if they're older, they can do this army crawl as a PE. 
and it really helps organize this part of the brain. Now, working on the midbrain, this is where the bridge, the construction between one side of the brain and the other, impacts the chemistry of the body, that endocrine system, the immune system. It has to do with allergies and controlling anger, being able to sleep well, and waking up in the morning and being motivated. This is built through the creeping on the hands and knees in a cross-pattern movement. This midbrain also influences impulse control. So if you have an impulsive child, this may be a really good activity for them to do, that creep on their hands and knees. It affects their memory for learning, emotional responses, and also eye-hand coordination for sports. So this area of the brain obviously is very important. The cortex level of the brain, that's where we usually interact with our child. That's the thinking part of the brain. These others are just mainly bridges and foundations to help this cortex function correctly. And it's responsible for formal reasoning, inner speech, thinking before you're acting, test-taking, and the ability to respond quickly and intelligently to new situations. This information is detailed in that handout I was telling you about, and even more information is there. It's going to talk a little bit about receiving, processing, storing, and utilizing information, and those are the steps to learning. First, the brain has to take in the information, then it processes it through its short-term memory, and stores it. Remember when we talked about oftentimes the dyslexics are storing things in the wrong place and have trouble bringing it out or they have reversals because it's coming from the wrong part of the brain that causes those letters and numbers just to flip. So that causes the utilization of information to be a challenge. I just want to give you a bit of encouragement here. God has uniquely equipped you to homeschool. He's called you, and He is equipping you. Sometimes it may seem a little hard, but just keep turning to Him because He has the answers for you. And our goal at Little Giant Steps is to equip you to change the outcome of your child's life through the knowledge of good neurodevelopmental stimulation. So in previous podcasts, we've discussed that it's best to have an organized brain with all these learning channels open. Information on the neurodevelopmental DVD that's on our store can help you do some testing and find out where your children are in these certain areas and what to do about them. We've also got some free webinars on littlegiantsteps.com and articles that you can read about a myriad of different subjects, whether your child has learning challenges or not. So if your child has a learning struggle, has a learning label like dyslexia, ADD, or autism, maybe even has a syndrome, or what if they're just not functioning up to their potential? There's information here that can help. You might want to go to the survey on our website. The easiest way to find that is littlegiantsteps.com forward slash survey. You can put in a little bit of information there and get an individualized response from us about what would be the best course of action 
to help your child be all that they can be. So that's all we have for today. My prayer is that this information encourages you to stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network for more Brain Coach tips to make life and learning easier. Next week we'll be exploring the topic, to label or not to label. That is the question. You need to know whether this is going to be beneficial or not when dealing with a child that has a learning struggle, either academic or behavioral. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem. See you next week. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray you'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.